Hey, what's up, everybody? Joe McCall, REI in your car. Yeah, I've got two pretty cool special episodes for you here. I'm in my car and I'm driving to uh, drop off my son's cello. He bought, we bought him another one. We were renting an old one. But um, yeah, he's really into cello, which is cool. He's picking up a really, he's picking it up really, really fast. All right, so then after that, um, hanging out with uh, him at, well, never mind, it's a long story. Um, <laughs> sorry, maybe I should just record this all over again, start all over again. But I don't want to do that. Uh, here's what I'm going to be talking about. Five things that I used to say yes to, but now I say no to. And I'm going to do a second episode of five things I used to say no to, but now I say yes to. Did I say that right? Well, the first episode is going to be five things that I said yes to then, but now I say no to. Okay? And I just, this list is in no particular order, but I thought it would be cool just to um, kind of things list things that just came to the top of my mind. Hold on one second. Okay, so the first thing that I used to say yes to, but now I say no to, um, is doing my own marketing. There's this concept of that I talk a lot about of not focusing on your $5 an hour activities and only focus on your $500 an hour activities. And I was doing a lot of the $5 an hour activities when I first got started. Maybe I didn't have a choice. Maybe I didn't know better. But I realized pretty quickly that if I just relied on me to do the marketing, it was never going to get done. I tried time blocking it in my calendar. I said, okay, every morning I'm going to do this or that. I'm going to write my letters or send my emails or do my post, uh, my texts or uh, make offers on the MLS. Right, And it just never got done. <laughs> it was really, really frustrating. So I'd go through these vicious cycles where I would do some marketing and get a bunch of leads and then get real busy and work the leads and then after the leads would be coming in, I had to stop the marketing. I wouldn't because I didn't have time to handle the new leads. And so then I would close the deal, sell it, flip it, whatever, and make a lot of money and be super happy. But then turn around and I had nothing, no leads in the pipeline. And so nothing new came in. So then I would be in a panic mode because the money would disappear pretty quickly. And it's not like you can just flip a light switch and the leads start pouring in again. There's this real principle of momentum. And so my biggest mistake early on is thinking that I had to do all the marketing myself or thinking that nobody could do it better than I could. And I remember when I first hired my first assistant, my virtual assistant from the Philippines. Oh, actually, she was from Indiana. Uh, everything really radically started changing because now I'm getting a consistent flow of leads. And because I was getting a consistent flow of leads, I also started closing more deals because when I was talking to sellers, if they didn't want to do a deal, I wasn't stuck in this mode of trying to turn a non-deal into a deal. I wasn't a motivated buyer. I just had a lot more confidence and my positioning was a lot stronger and I was okay if they said no, right? So I wasn't chasing the deal. I was not as concerned about the outcome because I had a hundred other people to call and talk to and follow up with, right? So that was something, again, I would not, I did back then, but I wouldn't do now, right? That's your $500 an hour activities are talking to sellers, making offers. And you should not be the one doing the letters, sending the texts or the emails, 
or even making the offers on the MLS, right? Eventually, you need to get a point where your goal is to have somebody else doing all that for you. The, uh, the second thing that I used to do, um, but I don't do anymore when I was doing a lot of lease options, is I would do all the marketing and selling of the house myself, right? So I would be the one taking the pictures, putting it on website. At the time, I was using postlets. Do you guys remember postlets? I was putting them on V-Flyer as well. For some reason, I had to do both. I'd put it on my website, then I'd record the outgoing voicemail. I would do the bandit signs, do the property flyers, do the Craigslist ads, and uh, would try to handle all the calls, would show the property. I mean, no wonder I couldn't do the marketing, right? I was doing all this work selling the properties. And, uh, of course, getting stood up by buyers, tenant buyers, and stuff like that. Even when I was wholesaling deals, traditional wholesaling, I used to be the guy that would... You know, send the emails out to my buyer's list and try to communicate and talk to them about it. So now, don't do that, okay? On lease option deals, uh, since I'm licensed, I just have a, an assistant do it. Sometimes my assistant. Um, in the past, I've done it where an assistant who wasn't licensed was helping me. And then now my assistant is licensed, so she helps me. But um, yeah, don't do it. If you're not licensed and you're doing lease options, I'd just recommend hiring a realtor market your home for you. You're going to pay them half a month's rent, maybe a full month's rent. Some people, I don't get it, they don't believe me that you can actually find a realtor that will only do a half month's rent. But I do. I find them and I use them. And don't believe yourself. Like after you talk to a couple people, think that no realtor would ever do that for half a month's rent. You're looking for a leasing agent. Anyway, I don't want to go into that, down that rabbit trail. So you shouldn't be advertising your homes yourself. Whether you're doing wholesaling or lease options, you need to get a dispositions manager or an assistant that would do that for you, okay? Third thing that I used to do that I would never do now. <laughs> you ready for this one? Go and see houses. Go talk to the sellers and go look at houses. Now, I know this goes against the grain with what a lot of other people do and sometimes even what I teach. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I'm just saying I wouldn't, okay? Big difference. I, after just a couple, three, four times of doing this, realized quickly, early on, I hated it. I didn't like going to look at houses, sitting there with the seller for an hour, trying to build rapport and trying to pretend I'm interested in whatever they're interested in. If you see a picture of, a, of a, some of them fishing you know, on, on, the, uh, on their wall, I'm not going to pretend like I like to fish, <laughs> right? Do you hear what I'm saying? There's, I think it was President Truman said, if you want a friend, get a dog. And uh, so I just did not want to be in that position uh, anymore. And I, it was a huge time suck. Like, I thought I, it was a deal before I made the appointment. But then when I go meet them at the house, we're like miles apart on price. And so big waste of time. I just started making my offers on the phone, over the phone. And instead of scheduling an appointment to go look at the house, I would tell them, um, well, I've started doing a lot of deals virtually as well, but I would just say, listen, I'd, I'd love to go see the house, but I want to make sure I'm not wasting your time. Um, let's just talk about the numbers right here. You can always send me some pictures. I can have my, my guy, my boots on the ground guy, go look at the house, or I'd say my realtor can go look at the house, but I really don't need to go look at it. And if that's a deal killer to them, well, then they're not really that motivated and I'm not really that interested. So I would negotiate and make my offers over the phone. And because I'm doing lease options, they were a lot easier. So that was a huge game changer, right? 
Now I can just make offers over the phone. Instead of making appointments to go see the house, I make an appointment to go talk to them again and talk to them about a lease option and walk them through the contracts and stuff like that. All right, fourth thing. I used to say this a lot to people. Yes, to a lot of, uh, hey, can I just, uh, can I have lunch with you or take you out for coffee and just pick your brain? I used to give away a ton of stuff for free, right? And I'm not going to talk much about this (laughs) because I'll get in a bad mood. But I can tell you this, almost, and I might even say 100%, everybody that I've ever like sat down with and spent a lot of time with and taught them how to do the business for free... And, you know, a cup of coffee or buying me lunch or a beer or whatever, that's that doesn't count. That costs a lot, of, a little bit of money, but, like, that's really doesn't count. Almost nobody, I can't think of one person, actually, that actually did what I told them to do and made money with it and started having some success. So I think there's a principle in that, right? People only value what they pay for. And I learned early on that if even if it's a friend or a relative... I'm not just going to let them, uh, well, I don't, I don't want to be like insensitive, but some people are like uh, leeches, you know, they just suck you dry, ask you a million questions and just don't do anything. So I get questions a lot today. Hey, can I just, especially for people, they find out I'm in St. Louis, maybe they live in St. Louis or whatnot. They say, Hey, can we, can I pick your brain? Can I take you out for coffee? Can I spend some, do you have just like five minutes? I can ask you some questions. And I just can't do that. If I did that, I would literally would not get anything ever done. Ever. And that's a little exaggeration. But it's just, yeah. So if you're that guy or girl that asks people that question, then don't do that anymore, okay? It doesn't, it's not fair to the person you're asking. And it shows you how little you really actually do value their time, knowledge, and experience. I've spent tens of thousands of of dollars on my education. I spent hundreds and or maybe thousands of hours studying in this. And it's worth something, right? So, and now instead what I might suggest you do, hold on one second. Now what I would do if I were you and you wanted to, you know, an investor and, and um, take them out for lunch or pick their brain or whatever, I would approach it from a different perspective. I would approach it from the perspective of, hey, would you... I'd like to bring you more business. I'd like to bring you more deals. Do you mind if I ask you a few questions about what you're looking for? I, you know, taking it from the perspective of, of uh, hey, I want to help you make yourself more money. I want to help you make more money. Um, I want to bring you more deals. And I'd like to just ask you what you're looking for. And I want to go out and find it. I want to bring you some deals. So from that perspective, man, I, that would be much more uh, exciting for me, right? If somebody had that approach. And now, you know, I can tell people since I have a course, all right, great, here's my course. It's, you know, a thousand bucks, 500 bucks, 1500 bucks, whatever. Go buy it. And I'll tell you what, you do a deal, give me a testimonial, I'll, I'll just give you your money back. That's what I do now. So, but you have to be invested, right? You gotta, you gotta uh, invest some time and money into it. All right, the final thing, I think this is, is, oh yeah, yeah. The thing I used to say yes to, number five, Buy every new course under the sun and chase shiny objects. I was the master at this, right? Oh, great. Oh, a shiny object, a new strategy, a new secret, a new hack, a new trick. If I just learn this one thing, that will make all the difference and I'll start making a lot of money and I get all excited and buy all these courses. And so I used to buy a ton of courses. I still do, but not as much as I used to, right? And uh, I chase shiny objects and I realized pretty quickly 
well, actually, it took me a few years to figure this out, that shiny objects make you blind, but focus makes you rich. So I didn't start actually making money until I buckled down and I focused on just one strategy. I stopped buying courses and I said, you know what, doggone it, I am not going to buy another course. I'm just going to do what these guys say. And at the time, it was uh, Steve Cook's course on wholesaling and also uh, Chris Chico's course on virtual wholesaling. He used to call it absentee owner profits, I think. Actually, when I just focused on wholesaling, just one strategy, and it was actually Chico's postcards, uh, then I actually started making money, started doing deals. So, uh, interesting. I'm curious to know, what are your what are some of the things you used to say yes to that you say no to now? I'd be curious to know what that is now and how would I tell you to let me know if you go to realestateinvestingmastery.com realestateinvestingmastery.com and you go to the show notes for this episode I don't know what number this is going to be write it in the comments what would you what did you used to say yes to that you say no to now and um yeah let me know that'd be really cool I'd like I'd love to see that maybe I'll do another episode follow up to this and maybe talk about some of the things that you bring up in the comments cool all right, so number five of uh, the five things, number one was do my own marketing. Uh, number two was sell my own properties. Number three, go look at houses and visit houses. Uh, number four, meet with everybody that asked me, hey, can I pick your brain? Uh, and I give stuff away for free, a bunch of stuff away for free. And number five was buy every new course under the sun and it had to uh, get shiny object syndrome. Now, next episode, I'm going to talk about five things I say I said no to them, but I say yes to now. Would you be interested in that? <laughs> uh, five things I used to say no to, but now I say yes. So I'll talk about that in the next episode. Hey, guys, real quick. Uh, I'm getting ready to come out with my book. So stay tuned for that. It's coming out like within the week. I'm starting a new Lease Options podcast, which starts in about a week or two weeks probably. So I'm excited about those two things. And um and what else? Oh, yeah. So if you're interested in learning about lease options and how to flip lease options, just go watch my webinar. It's a really good webinar. In the webinar, I give away a calculator spreadsheet thing that I have that helps me calculate lease option offers. I give it away for free. And you can get all that at wlowebinar.com. wlowebinar.com. WLO stands for Wholesaling Lease Options. All right, guys. We'll see you and uh, talk to you on the next episode. <laughs>